Hey, welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. This is Austin. It is November 19th. And, uh, well, I mean, since last time we talked, uh, I don't think a whole lot's changed. You know, um, COVID's still here. No surprise. Um, still don't know who the president's going to be. No surprise. Uh, I mean, you're kind of starting to see a lot more evidence come out, uh, stuff like that. But who knows, right? <clears throat> they got to play this all out in court and, and figure out what uh, what's going to end up happening. But uh, what I want to talk about this week is, uh, is I guess, probably uh, one of the biggest things that, and, and you'll probably realize it yourself, if this is if this all is new stuff to you, um, whether it's everyday carry or carrying a gun or any of that stuff, um, it's just how you, it, it, essentially it's your mindset, right? How you observe the world, how you perceive the world around you. And uh, it's weird because, you know, a lot of people, I feel like um, they don't think about this and it, it doesn't really know a, a <clears throat> it doesn't really know an age so much as it does like a lifestyle, right? And what I mean when I say that is if you're if you're one of these people that you you go out in public and I know COVID's kind of put a a different spin on all this, but you're out in public, you walk around, right? You got your phone out, you're playing on your phone, you're texting all the time, you're taking selfies, you're you're messaging, you're posting on Facebook, you're 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 throwing it up for the gram, whatever. You are not paying attention to what's going on around you. That's like the biggest thing. Um, it's just paying attention to what's going on. We see so many bad things in the world that are all easily avoided just by focusing on what's in front of you, right? Um, car accidents, obviously being one of them. Um, but you know, if, if you look at it past just, you know, Hey, pay attention, whatever, look at more cues than that. Right. Um, things that in, in this prepared lifestyle that will, uh, put you in a better situation for success. Right. Um, there's some kind of, there's some goofy quote out there. I think I saw it in like terrible movie under siege Two, something like uh, chance favors the prepared mind. It's really true. You know, um, yeah, random chance that you might uh, run into something or someone, random chance that you might end up in a bad situation, random chance, right? But uh, if you're prepared for these kinds of things, um, obviously how that impacts your life is going to be substantially different, right? Um, you could end up not being a victim, Um you, you could end up being able to help somebody, save somebody, do something. Um, <clears throat> so it just, it comes down to being aware of your surroundings, knowing what to look for, or in a lot of cases, it's not even what so much as it is who. And I don't say that, guys, to um, profile so much. I mean, I guess I do to an extent, but not in the way that we see it in the media. You know, don't, <clears throat> excuse me, don't assume somebody is a... Uh, is a risk or a threat, you know, somebody to be concerned with because of their um, racial appearance or their skin color or their, their gender necessarily. Um, learn what kind of cues to look for uh, past that, right? Because I think we have a really big problem with people that say that they're, par- like, they're not, not they're paranoid, they're prepared and that they uh, expect the worst from everybody. So they're always, uh, you know, they're always either right or pleasantly surprised. Like that's not really being prepared. That's actually closer to being paranoid 
<clears throat> so if we talk about what we look for, right? Um, if people are following you, and I think a lot about this is like uh, malls, right? Malls or airports, I guess maybe I haven't been to one, uh, like a bus stop or uh, a bar, right? You look for the the same people that have been kind of hovering around or following you. Um, you know, if you watch people's eyes, you can tell a lot about what they're focusing on. So if they're because it happens, right? You know, people just happen to be around you for a while. Maybe you're going down the same couple aisles at the grocery store. I mean, that's that's just coincidence. But, um, you know, you look at other things. Like, are they really picking stuff up? Are they looking for certain things? Have they stayed around you the whole time? Uh, their mannerisms, right? Are they getting closer and closer over time? Um, do they back off when you make eye contact or, or whatever? Uh, think about those things. Think about what that could be. And a lot of times it's probably nothing, but sometimes it could be something. Um, you know, be prepared for the event that maybe something like that is happening to you. Know how to get, a, uh, not necessarily away, but get get out, right? Uh, knowing your exits is huge. And I know there's, I've, I can think of a couple of people I've worked with that are like this, and it's super goofy because they're not really the most prepared of individuals, uh, or even the most intelligent of individuals, but, uh, you know, we would go ahead and <clears throat> we'd pick up like, Hey, we're moving the team to this part of the, the building. Um, you're all going to have, you know, different desks, obviously. And like I had one guy I worked with who's, Oh, I have to have this desk. I go, why do you have to have, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't have my back to the door. I'm like, really? You know, the whole floor is built in a circle. The elevators are in the center of the floor. So to some extent you're having your back to one entrance or the other. So it doesn't really matter, man. And he, he made like a huge thing about it and talked about how, you know, he's, he, you know, he's always aware of, he's hyper aware. I'm like, mm, dude, you wear noise canceling headphones and we can't get you to answer us when we yell your name at you from 10 feet away. So to say you're hyper aware, I think at minimum was a, <laughs> a stretch. Um, but be able to plan your exit strategy, right? You're at a restaurant or something, know where the exits are, or at least one or two, most restaurants I know of have at least two exits, right? Whether it's an entrance and an exit or just an exit. Um, most of them, if you go back through the kitchen, a kit, they, there's an exit there. If worse comes to worst, uh, there's a, a lot of them are required commercial buildings, but by law, you know, are required to have a fire exit. So, Hey, Oh yeah. Hey, you guys sit down. Okay. I'm gonna go run to the bathroom, do a lap of the restaurant, right? Just so you kind of scope out what's going on. Who's there? where your doors are at, how to get in and out, uh, at a mall, you know, look at a directory. Most of the entrances have directories. You can plan out just by looking at how it's all laid out, where your entrances are at, what your options look like. So if you do catch yourself into some kind of position where maybe you have to get away or get out, you have some idea as to where you need to go and you don't back yourself into a corner and then you're really, you're really screwed. Um, <clears throat> but then even past that, once you get out, whether out of the building, um, into a different part of the building where you escape the threat, how are you getting out in turn, like, how are you getting home? Right. Are, are you can get back to a vehicle. Do you have the ability to call an Uber? Um, if you rode with somebody else, uh, you can call a cab, uh, how are you going to rendezvous with that other person if you get separated? So think about those kinds of things. And I get, it does sound a bit paranoid. Um, but 
that being said, and granted, I know it, it doesn't apply specifically right now because with, uh, I, at least here in Michigan, we're on like another COVID lockdown for three weeks or another, whatever, two and a half weeks now. Um, but retail establishments are still open. So while this won't apply to bar situations right now or to restaurant situations right now, it definitely still applies. And it's the holidays, right? We're in the middle of November. Shopping season is like the next month, right? And you hear about it on the news all the time about kids that are taken, sex trafficking, human trafficking, whatever. You hear about it and it's because people get into these kinds of situations and they panic, right? They they assume that no matter where they're at, they'll be around somebody because it's so busy. There, there's no way they could possibly end up being in this kind of a situation. But, you know, I can tell you from firsthand experiences, like I've gone two, you know, there's a mall here in, uh, in the city of Troy. It's a really nice mall. It's called Somerset. They got like three, three stories, three floors, whatever. And like a four story parking structure. And I can tell you, no matter how busy that place has been, I've definitely walked through that parking structure and, and been the only one out there. You look around, there's cars everywhere. So, I mean, somebody could be standing, you know, anywhere, no one out there to hear you scream, yell, whatever, to see anything go down. So don't, I guess the big message to a lot of this is just don't take anything for granted and don't just assume that you're always safe, right? We talk about that a lot here is assume responsibility of your own safety, right? So, you know, what can you do to improve this, right? Maybe you're sitting here saying, well, I mean, you look around, how do you know? Um, You know, you don't want to feel paranoid, but what are some easy things you can do? Um, and this isn't like, I don't feel paranoid when I leave the house. I feel like I pay more attention than a lot of people, but I don't feel paranoid. Um, you know, the biggest thing is to get off your phone, get your eyes up, right? Uh, people, you know, look around. Um, you know, I can tell you when I was working at, you know, I work in finance when I was working in the retail portion of the industry. Uh, I used to be a bank teller, uh, for a couple of years. And I, you know, the, where I was at went through a, a robbery and I can tell you after, not because I read police reports, but because I worked there every day and I knew how people acted, the girl that was targeted and was robbed, I'm sure had the, the branch had been, you know, the building had been cased at some point. Um, it just so happened. It was the girl that was always playing games on her phone, always had her eyes down and never greeted people when they walked in, like we're supposed to. You know, they put, you have it at, uh, uh, you know, uh, fast food places. Uh, I, I think a subway, you know, cause you walk in, they go, welcome to subway. And, uh, we used to get that joke all the time. So that's what you guys sound like when you greet everybody. But if you're greeting somebody, your eyes are up, you're paying attention. And more importantly, they know that you're paying attention, which deters them from trying to take any kind of negative action. Um, but get your eyes up, get out of the phone. And it's like driving, right? People text and drive all the time. We get so many accidents and so many problems because people are distracted while they're the behind, behind the wheel. Um, and, that, and that's one of like the biggest arguments I make when people say, oh yeah, yeah guns are dangerous. Like you have know, well, so cars and people text, they, they act irresponsibly with those all the time. You don't talk about making laws that impact lawful uh, gun owners and stuff. How about some people that text and drive? How about some stricter uh, crackdowns on that? And you go, oh, you can't do that. Well, why not? Look at the numbers. One makes a hell of a lot more sense than the other. But, um, you know, even talking about uh, just driving home, right? And you talk about uh, looking around you, using your mirrors. Check to see if that same car has been following you. 
you know, and I've done it before where I'll take a longer path home through a different subdivision, albeit one close to home, but one closer, uh, close to home that, that isn't my actual subdivision and wait for this, this individual car or whatever vehicle to turn off. So I know for sure I'm not being followed. I don't have to worry about it. Okay. And yeah, it's, it sounds a little bit weird, but not as weird as dealing with what may follow, whether it's somebody who's waiting to see what your patterns are, so know when to come back and try and burgle you, uh, when, or if they're actually trying to cause physical harm to you or worse, your, your loved ones, your family, right? I worry about my wife all the time. Uh, but past that, be prepared, right? I, I carry a firearm because I'm concerned with my own protection. Not, as I've said before, because not because I want to shoot anybody. Like, I, I don't. I One of my greatest fears is that I ever have to use my gun for anything more than target shooting. But I have it <clears throat> so that if, that if it comes to that, you know, um, I'm ready. I have the option to escalate to that point as needed. Um, you know, and, and carry, carry your gear with you, right? Carry a tourniquet. I keep one in my laptop bag, right? I know again, COVID has impacted everything. So I just had calls today for work and stuff. People talking about not going back in the office until middle of next year. For a lot of you guys, it's probably the same thing. But if you have a go bag or like a, uh, a bag you take with you in the office that holds like your, uh, Padfolio, day plan or whatever, uh, and your laptop and, and, you know, your pens and stuff, it, it doesn't take that much space to just throw a tourniquet in there. And it doesn't have to be for you. It could be for somebody else. And it doesn't have to be for a gunshot. That's what kills me when people say, oh, you really think you're going to shoot somebody, you carry a tourniquet. No, uh, I, I think that shit happens, man. And I carry a tourniquet, right? I mean, I've seen people cut themselves pretty good. I mean, you could be, uh, something like you, uh, you don't even know where, right? You could be out with your friends camping or having a bonfire. So it could be deboning a fish or some shit, right? Slice your hand open, slice your arm open. Uh, you could <clears throat> fall, you know, I mean, any of this stuff can happen. You don't know, right? Broken glass, a broken bottle. I mean, there is a physical altercation with a knife or yes, a gunshot wound, uh, or an automotive accident, right? And you pull, you pull off, or maybe you're one of the people involved in said accident, right? Having that stuff there, it gives you options, Okay. Um, you know, having that gear with you is never a bad thing. Having that training is never a bad thing. And it can be a real difference maker in one of these situations. Um, it's just, you, you don't know, right? So cover the contingencies you can without overextending yourself. You know, obviously we can't all carry a hockey bag full of medical gear and camping gear and, uh, dried out food supplies and 800 rounds of ammunition and extra magazines. And you know what I mean? Like you'll work yourself to death trying to prepare for every single contingency, but you can do a lot just by altering your mindset and looking out for, you know, some of the giveaways, uh, the, the tip offs that, that something bad's about to happen. Um, you know, at home, uh, even before you go out and may end up in this situation, check your doors and windows, right? Um, you know, I, I check both doors to my home every time I leave, even though, uh, in my area, how my home, how the homes are all built here, no one uses the front door, right? You almost never answer the front door because it's almost guaranteed to be some kind of salesman or something because people always use side doors here. Um, that family come over, they'll come use a side door. My wife comes home from work, she uses a side door. 
typically, unless she's got like a big package or something. So front door is almost always locked, but I still check it. Okay. Um, you know, look out for people walking past the house more than once. You know, uh, I, I know there are elderly couples in the neighborhood that walk a lot. I have neighbors and stuff that, that, that walk uh, as like a, a hobby or just a regular type of exercise. Hell, my wife and I, we walk our dog, you know, weather permitting and whatnot. But, uh, you know, if you see these people start to walk back and forth and everything, you start to either A, realize that they live in the area, or if it's been two or three times and you've never seen them before, and you see them checking in through the window maybe, or, you know, uh, the frequency keeps going up. Is there a chance that they just moved into the neighborhood new? Yeah, that's, that's a possibility. Um, but until you can establish that until you've seen them enough times that you don't worry about it, if it, you know, check that kind of stuff out. Um, and here's another big one. So we're just talking about, you know, not answering the door because it's probably just a salesperson. Don't disclose to those people. Right? I mean, if you do answer your door, maybe you want to hear what they have to say, or maybe you do answer your front door in your neighborhood and it just happens to be some kind of salesperson pushing whatever. Don't disclose to them, <coughs> excuse me, don't disclose them when you're going to be home, when you're not going to be home. You know, or if you're a smaller female or something, don't disclose to them that your husband's not home or when he's going to be home or something, uh, because that could be used against you, right? Oh, we know you're not going to be home this weekend. Oh yeah, we're getting ready to leave for the weekend. Come back next week to talk to us. Well, now you just told, you know, this cable alleged cable sales guy, or, um, you know, I had somebody real shady, uh, probably three and a half weeks ago now, uh, come by off knocking on my door in an unmarked truck and unmarked clothes, no company logo, no, uh, uh, clipboard or anything or, or clip pad, memo pad or anything to do a quote or script or a business card or anything, come up to my door, knock on my door, freaked my dog out. Right. Um, as I'm working from home on a conference call and everything, thank God it was, you know, muted. It's, oh, I, Hey man, I want to talk to you about, uh, lifting your, your sinking porch, which my porch isn't really sinking. And I said, no, uh, that that's okay. I threw some other, like, yeah, I have a buddy that's going to fix it in the spring. Well, what about this front step? I go, you nope, it's all getting redone. Well, what about this crack in the driveway? And it's like, all right, you know, uh, take the hint guy, but it just, it looked weird. It was a really, really young kid in a oversized hoodie with a, you know, flat bill hat. You know, normally when I have people going door to door that are doing price quotes and stuff like this on roofing work, like, Hey, you know, stop by, they'll say, Hey, we're doing some work three doors down. I just wanted to stop and get my card out. And that stuff's normal. Right. But usually they're wearing like khakis and a polo because they're the salesperson. They go out and do the quotes. They cut the estimates they aren't the ones doing the actual physical works. They're not dirty, right? <clears throat> they have their company's logo on their shirt usually. Or at the very least, if it's a small company, they'll have some kind of logo or something on their truck. Something. You know, even small operations have business cards. Um, so this is one of those things that I, I disclose as little information as possible and got the individual out of there. And don't ever be afraid to say, I'm not interested. And if they want to keep talking about it, don't be afraid to close the door. It's your house you know, um, but giving that kind of information away, I think is something a lot of people do subconsciously that puts you in a pretty compromised position for, like I said, either to be burgled or to possibly have a home invasion or, you know, be attacked. Um, 
you know, when you, when you do go out in public, right after you leave the house, you check your doors, you check your windows because windows can be jimmied open pretty easily. Um, and that includes, by the way, guys, uh, this was in a Clint Emerson video that I shared on our Facebook page, uh, this week, the door connecting your garage to your house. If you have an adjoined garage, you can get in a, a garage fairly easily if you know what you're looking for. Um, and one of the things he pointed out was that that door is usually left unlocked because people think that the garage door itself is secure and it's not, it just isn't. <clears throat> so make sure that door is locked. Um, but when you, after you do your, you know, and I, like I said, I check my doors before I leave. I do not have an attached garage. So thankfully that's one less thing for me to worry about. You know, I'll, I'll check the doors. I'll, you know, I leave when I'm out in public. Um, you know, same thing as I was talking about, uh, look for anyone that looks suspicious, right? Like all we talk about it, um, shooting, right? Uh, I'm thinking specifically CQB, uh, stuff you hear a lot, close quarters battle or whatever, but, um, always be looking for work is what they talk about. You know, you're always looking for the next guy coming around a corner or something, but this is, this is really similar, you know, um, always be looking out for those indicators, uh, stuff like, Lots of clothes uh, if it's hot out, right? Okay, why is that person wearing long pants and a long jacket out in the heat? Is there something under the jacket or under the shirt? You know, I mean, obviously don't take action, but uh, maybe something to keep an eye on, uh, especially if you're in line at the bank. Most of us, I know we have debit cards. Everything's like digital these days. Um, people don't really go to the bank anymore, but it's one of those things you, you can look out for, Right. Um, if you're being followed home, don't go home. Um, if, if you're convinced that this, this individual in this uh, other vehicle is following you, right. We talked about go to another subdivision and drive around and make sure they're not following you. If they are following you, what do you do? Go someplace public, go someplace safe. Okay. Uh, like, you know, you could go sit at a bar or something and let the bartender know, <clears throat> Hey, uh, this guy followed me in here. I'm not, it's not really safe for me. I'm really concerned. Could you call the police or go to the police station yourself? I guarantee you, whoever's following you, trying to mess with you, probably not going to follow you into a police station for obvious reasons. Right. <clears throat> um, but this is what I'm kind of getting at, you know, is that knowing how to handle these situations is, is important, right? Panicking is the problem. Um, you see it in TV shows, movies and stuff, you know, oh, you go home and you realize somebody's getting out of the car and runs at you and you run at the door and then the, it's usually a lady, you know, it can happen to men too, but it's usually a lady, you know, uh, tries to get in the house and fumbling in their purse, trying to get her keys out. And then, you know, she gets attacked and they grab her and she drops the keys and she can't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't put yourself in those kinds of situations. Just pay attention, uh, to the details, um, you know, and if you really are trying to plan, plan all this out here, the things that I look for, um, have changed, right. Since I started carrying a gun, since I started trying to be more prepared, since I started reading into all this stuff, <coughs> when I go to the office, you know, um, things you guys can look for, <coughs> excuse me, is it a gun-free zone, right? Is it a soft target? Is it someplace where, you know, if somebody bad shows up with a gun, that there's not a good guy coming, at least not for, five, seven minutes, 11 minutes, whatever your police response times are, you know, because that changes your perspective on how you're going to look at, at things to an extent. Um, again, where your exits are, 
how, and here's, this is something that people don't, I think necessarily always equate that with knowing where exits are is your route, right? How do you get to that exit? In my building, there's basically just two ways to get out. Um, but that doesn't mean that where you're at, there couldn't be more than that, than, than two, or maybe there's just one, you know, and that changes things, you know, because if you do try to get to that egg, let's say you're at work and you hear gunshots. Okay. How are you getting out? If it's just two routes and you go to one and you see somebody with a gun take off, go the other way, right? If you have four or five, you know, hey, maybe you know that this is, hey, most people don't know that this is a, an exit option. So that's going to be my go-to. I know I'm going to go there to get out because there's the likelihood of someone being there is is low. Um, you know, maybe it's, hey, this is the closest one to my desk. Makes sense, right? Get out as quickly as you can, as safely as you can. Um, that aside, uh, along your route, and I used to do this when I was like, I'd get like frustrated with something at work. I, you know, they say, go take a walk and just exert some energy, come back and sit down and, and like reattack the, the problem you're working on, whatever is, uh, along my routes locate, you know, Hey, where's the cover along this route, actual cover, not concealment, you know, cover would stop a bullet concealment won't, but both are useful for different reasons, obviously. So <clears throat> along your route, figuring out where my cover would be and stuff, Stuff to keep in mind is in, in office buildings, a lot of those walls are not concrete. <clears throat> it's uh, like metal studs and drywall, which obviously isn't going to stop a bullet. Okay, so in that case, that's that's concealment. You have a lot of concealment along the way, not a lot of cover. Um, you know, you have big steel cabinets and stuff that are in those offices, so maybe the walls aren't covered, but maybe the cabinet might be, just depending on the size, how it's built, things like that. Um, but knowing how to use both those to your advantage are, are, is it's advantageous in different situations for different reasons. Um, typically if they can't see you, they won't come after you. Right. So not necessarily having, having, not having cover isn't the worst thing in the world. Knowing how to use concealment, uh, and, and where you can go hide and stuff like that is, is definitely beneficial. Um, but you know, getting away from work, uh, we talk about, you know, the grocery store, we talk about the mall, um, things like active shooter situations and stuff and people freak out and they, uh, they panic. Obviously it's a high stress situation, especially if you haven't prepared for it. If you don't know what's going on, if you just hear a lot of loud noises, then all of a sudden you realize it's going on that flood of adrenaline. Right. Um, again, knowing the difference between cover and concealment. Um, and I've shared a lot of videos on our Facebook page, uh, people like Will Petty at centrifuge training, <clears throat> talk a lot about on a vehicle specifically, right? Um, if you find yourself like either in a parking lot or trying to leave a building, go through a parking lot to get to your vehicle. Uh, Will Petty's videos talk a lot about who, uh, what is actual usable, good cover on a, on a car. Um, and there's been a couple other ones too. Uh, I think it was Sage Dynamics that I shared a couple weeks ago. Uh, that uh, specifically talked about things like the pillars, the A pillar, the B pillar, the C pillar, um, the axle, the engine block and stuff. You see all these things in mo movies and TVs. People think that a door will stop a bullet. And I think that was on Mythbusters when that was still uh, a, a reoccurring show on the air. A door won't won't stop you. A fender, or won't save you, I'm sorry. Uh, a fender won't, won't stop a bullet. Like the trunk will not stop a bullet. Okay, it's just 
glorified sheet metal. Um, you know, and the problem, a lot of people will hide behind the wheels and that's one of those things that's been thrown out there a lot too. And it's like, yeah, it could be, but here's the problem to get behind one of those wheels, especially you're a bigger guy like me, you gotta get into a little ball, right? Which severely cuts down on your mobility. So that's another thing you really have to, you know, kind of consider and think about these things. Um, and I'm not saying you need to plan this out every single time you go to the store, but just understanding what you can take cover behind, what will conceal you, and how to how to think about it, how to approach it. Um, you know, keep moving, right? Cover and move, get behind cover. Uh, you know, when you can move, get to cover. You, you don't want to just run straight out the whole way. Um, you know, zigzagging obviously, but go from cover to cover, you know, you want to be moving for brief periods of time while getting as far away as you can. You have to kind of balance it. Um, cause you see this, I mean, again, it, it, it stinks because you can't on some things you can use movies as an example and TV as an example and other things you, you can't or shouldn't. But obviously if you're just running straight down an aisle at a, at a store or straight down one of the aisles in a parking lot or something, or you're in a big wide open space, there's no cover. Obviously you're an easy target. Like that's, that's obvious, right? So if you can get away while moving from concealment to cover to cover to concealment, whatever, uh, exposing yourself for a minimal amount of time while achieving that goal, that's obviously the most ideal scenario in the event that you you see yourself doing something like that. Hopefully that's not the case for anybody ever. Um, it certainly seems that we haven't had too many of those since COVID started. So crazy. Uh, all the soft targets, the gun-free zones like schools uh, and so many government buildings and stuff are now closed to the public and we have a sudden downward drop, downward spike, whatever, uh, in these mass shootings. Kind of makes you think that, hey, maybe a gun-free zone uh, ain't really doing the trick anymore, huh? But I digress. Um, if you do find yourself in some of these open spaces, it's tough. It's not a good situation. I mean, get low to the ground, um, try and get some kind of cover or concealment. You make the best, you make the best out of the situation, obviously. Um, it's just not ideal, you know, but, uh, like I remember saying this on another episode If people, uh, knew when they were going to get into an accident, guarantee they wouldn't be there that day and that time right? So got to find balance. Um, here's one that I, I think about a lot, honestly. Um, cause well, at least pre COVID my wife and I, we used to love going to the movies, big on, on the movies, um, carry a light with you. Right. And I, when I go to the movies, I know the big thing now is, Oh, you can get booze at the movies and you can get drunk while you're watching the movie and it's great. And we love it. That's cool. Um, not my thing though. Uh, I just, for one, it's really expensive. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest deterrent, obviously, but two, uh, just because, um, you know, you don't, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I do, you, you hear about these shootings and stuff in a crowded movie theater and everything. I don't know that to that on that one. I am, I will admit I am a little bit paranoid and I just, I, I worry. So I, I don't drink while I'm going out and stuff. Plus I'm going to be drinking. I won't have my gun anyway, but, um, carry a flashlight. Right. And I, anytime I know I'm gonna be out of the house past dark, I carry a flashlight. Um, the one I carry, it's a Streamlight Polytech. Uh, it's a couple hundred lumens, nothing crazy, but it does have one of these, uh, theorem switchback finger rings on it. So I can flip it forward 
uh, and it, it hangs off my index finger, right? So I can still make my two-handed pistol grip. And uh, all I gotta do is apply some thumb pressure to this ring and it pushes the light against the outside of my hand, which pushes the button, turns the light on. I can still, I have a weapon light then essentially, um, you can't shoot at what you can't see, or at least you shouldn't. Um, and movie theaters are typically dark because you're watching a movie. Um, so carry a light. That's huge. Whether you have a gun or not, I think, uh, you know, having a light, if someone's coming up on you, whatever, shine it in their eyes. Hey, can I help you with something? A lot of times that's enough to deter people. Um, and hey, if it's a, a mistaken identity thing, then that's just all the better. But at least you have it. It's also useful. Um, you drop your keys or something right? You don't want to be pulling out your, let's say you carry a Glock with a surefire light on it or something. You don't want to be waving your Glock around trying to find your, <laughs> trying to find your car keys in the middle of a parking lot or something, right? So having a flashlight is good. And it's a lot easier to just grab that and hit the tail cap than it is to, oh, hold on. <clears throat> let me pull out my phone. Oh, let me swipe, swipe, find the flashlight. Oh, here it is. You know what I mean? And again, then you're not distracted playing with your phone either. Okay. Um, but you know, movie theater, all the same rules apply. Know where your exits are. Usually there's light up exit signs, which makes it easier. So you got like two emergency exits and in most theaters, there's two, I feel like in the back corners, there's two, uh, two exits, entrances, whatever. Sometimes only one, but just know where the exits and entrances are. Um, and I always kind of watch and pay attention when people come in and out. Anybody that comes and walks in and maybe sits at the end of the opening, uh, at the, at the end of the entrance, um, if they work for the theater, they will look like they work for the theater. They'll have like a red vest on with a bow tie or something goofy or polo, or, you know, you can tell the people that work there, they're holding like a broom and a dustpan cause they're waiting for the movie to get over so they can clean up and go home. Or if it's a late movie, um, if it's somebody that looks shady, probably shady. If it's somebody that's supposed to be there, they're not going to sit and, and watch. They're going to be going back to their seat, especially because most theaters now, everything's like assigned seating. So stuff to think about, right? Um, just keep your wits about you. That's really it. Um, it's just putting yourself in that frame of mind that you're looking, you like always be looking for work is a really, really good way to describe it. You know, don't, don't take uh, a lot of this stuff for granted. Um, and don't just assume everything's going to be safe. I think that's as a society right now, that's something that we do entirely too much, right? And, and the sad part, the saddest part, you know, about these tragedies, I think, um, may not, no, not the saddest, the saddest part is obviously the loss of life. If, uh, but, uh, I think past that, uh, the saddest part is that people just look for somebody else to blame. You know, they don't, uh, look back at these situations. Some people do, I shouldn't say all, but, uh, people don't look back at it and go, I wish I would have done something differently that day. Uh, I wish I would have carried my gun. I wish I would have owned a gun and carried a gun and knew about it, you know, all this stuff then. Um, I wish I would have just, you know, uh, invested in a holder for my cell phone and some Bluetooth earbuds. So I wasn't, you know, playing with my phone while I was driving or, you know what I mean? Um, and it, and everyone looks for a way to blame every, blame somebody else to blame something else. And, uh, basically it's just a lack of accountability. And I think, uh, if you, if you increase your own personal accountability and, and what's crazy is you hear this kind of, this kind of discussion happening in, uh, offices and boardrooms and stuff a lot is you talk about accounted accountability and productivity and everything, man, personal accountability is the biggest thing that you can do to improve yourself. 
be accountable for your situation, be accountable for your, uh, for your actions, uh, and be, and be prepared, you know, um, think about thinking about these kind of things and having, uh, contingency planning, uh, and to an extent, have it rehearsed, have it trained into your mind, uh, is good. You know, um, like I said, I, I hope nobody listening to this, uh, or, or not listening to anybody, you know, I, you hate to hear about this stuff. It's awful, but you hear about these mass shootings and then like, bam, that day, uh, or, you know, depending on the time of day, maybe it's the next morning, whatever you can time your fucking watch by it, guys. You, you got some politician at some level of government, usually multiple at all levels of government, sometimes in states on the other side of the country, just taking the opportunity to politicize an event like this, like a mass shooting, and they'd go straight to gun control. This wouldn't happen if we, if we had stricter gun laws. It's like, nope, this wouldn't have happened if this bad guy with a gun was stopped by a good guy with a gun sooner. And that's not to say there, that we can eliminate all loss of life that way. I think, uh, you know, <clears throat> unfortunately, we'll never get away from that. It's a sad fact of life, and I think that uh, that COVID's a really good example of that. No matter how much you prepare and and what kind of situation you're in, um, bad things happen, and you can't always be prepared for every single contingency. But let's say you could turn a, a tragedy with ten casualties into a tragedy with one or two, um, or no casualties and maybe just a couple gunshot wounds. Um, and that's, you know, wouldn't you, I think we'd all prefer that, right? Um, whether it's by carrying a gun to help eliminate the threat or carrying a tourniquet, um, or one of like these live the creed, uh, uh, personalized medical kits that you can help apply a tourniquet. You can help stop bleeding until medical help arrives to stabilize somebody and get them loaded up in an ambulance, and get them back to a hospital, right? Cause you were ready for whatever was going to happen. Um, you know, or if you, if you really don't want to be that person, um, and I, I've talked about this before too, you know, my responsibility, at least one of the reasons why I carry started carrying a gun <clears throat> was, uh, for defensive purposes and to, and for safety, uh, specifically to keep my family safe, to get, a get myself, my wife, whoever I'm with out of that bad circumstance, out of that situation, you know, um, just knowing where your exits are is a huge part of that. You know, how many times you see, you think about it, people panic, they run, they go hide behind whatever they, can, whatever they think is going to be a good hiding spot. Or maybe they don't think it's a good hiding spot. It's just all that is there because they don't know where else to go, you know, uh, and it, you know, um, and they end up getting killed. So I know it's all very morbid, but I guess that's kind of the point, right? Is it puts into perspective that things can get really bad. Uh, they usually aren't, but they can get that way. Um, or you can get grabbed and taken. You know, if you're a, if you're a young girl, you have a daughter, you know, a, a small, a woman who's a small stature or whatever, what's your wife, your mom, right? Like I worry about my mom. Uh, she, you know, we talk about the holidays for years, right? Years and years, always, uh, Thanksgiving night. She's one of them people that would go out shopping on Thanksgiving night or, uh, back before they, you know, there was, believe it or not, a time when we didn't have stores open on Thanksgiving night, they would open, uh, at midnight 
So technically, like right when Friday started, they'd open up these stores. And my mom would be one of these, one of these ladies that was in line <laughs> to go shopping, right? And uh, my dad works, uh, he, he works uh, like the morning shift, right? He's up at like 3, 4 in the morning because uh, he starts at like 5 or 5.30, right? So, you know, I can, I can still, I have this like burned into my, my, in my mind, you know, hell no, I'm not getting up and going shopping with you in the morning. Um, you know, I think one year, maybe two years when I was growing up, he would go to like uh, Sears if they had tools on sale and he needed something for work, he would make sure he was there to go get it. That was it. So, but my mom would still go. And I know once we started getting a little bit older, uh, you know, she'd ask me or my brother or one of my other brothers to go, or, you know, or 12 or 13. Um, but then we got to a certain age and it's like, no, I don't want to go with you. And, oh, I'm still going anyways. It's like, okay, well, you know, now I'm going with you just because I'm concerned for your well-being. And I actually remember last year uh, on Thanksgiving night, we went to the outlet mall to go shopping. My wife and I, uh, my, you know, Trevor, my brother, uh, and my mom. And uh, I remember I did not buy anything and neither did my brother. We went because my wife and my mom wanted to go and I was just concerned. You know, there, when you have that many people together uh, in those massive kinds of crowds, uh, bad stuff tends to happen. So I sucked it up and I hung out for like two and a half hours or something, whatever they were doing shopping. And, uh, to that, you know, to that point, I'm, I'm kind of happy that COVID is slowing things down a bit. Like we won't be going out, uh, we won't be going out shopping this year. It's not something I have to worry about after we're done with dinner. And after we watch the lions lose to whomever they're playing as is Thanksgiving tradition, uh, I can just come home and I can start drinking, you know, and I'm, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, <clears throat> but I, you know, it's just stuff to think about. And I, and uh, like I was saying, you know, with the holidays coming up, uh, this is something that's the forefront of my mind. Uh, so I wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, hopefully it, it puts some things in perspective. And I hope even if, uh, you know, we always talk about even if you don't carry a gun, I, if you're listening to this, you obviously have some kind of vested interest in your own preparation and preservation and uh, and that of the those that you love. So um, I do hope that maybe this year when you're out, um, you're thinking about some of these things. Uh, or maybe you're one of the unfortunate people that have to go into the office right now during COVID, like my wife. Um, or maybe you work in retail and you got to be out there uh, serving the people that uh, are out shopping right now. Just think about all that stuff. Be be ready for it, right? When when this thing when these things come around the corner, when these situations arise, be ready for it uh, to the best of your ability. You know so. T- you can live with yourself after the fact, you know I mean? Second guessing yourself is it sucks. And I think we all do it, you know, to one extent or another, but probably not on the scale that you would had had something very tragic happened and you weren't ready for it. So, uh, like I was saying, you know, just put some things into perspective, hopefully. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's a learning experience. Uh, I have, you know, some, uh, some ideas, some things for these next couple episodes coming up. I'm really trying to get, um, a couple of guests to come in. There's some topics I really want to, want to touch on. 
uh, a couple like an interview or two that I really want to do with some friends of mine, some individuals. It's just right now, you know, with COVID lockdowns, holidays, gatherings, well, not really gatherings, obviously, but all the stuff that comes with the holidays, everything, everyone's really busy. So uh, hopefully next couple of weeks, we have some really good episodes for you guys. And we're working on putting out some more stuff over the Facebook and the Instagram uh, and things like that. That's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, until next time, get out there, train, be aware, and be prepared.